Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Thank you so much for joining me again today for another live candid conversation. And I'm excited about today. I'm always excited about every, you know, one of my wonderful recordings and guests. But this guest is someone who I actually linked up with on LinkedIn, right? Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, I don't even know how we ended up linking up, but that's the beauty of LinkedIn. And that's no plug. I ain't getting no money from them, okay? Um, but it's always good to see another black female engineer who's actually working within your field so ladies and gentlemen i would like to introduce you to miss nicole johnson hi nicole hi how are you i'm doing well thank you so much for your time and just having some good conversation with me um nicole i don't want to do your introduction i'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to guests and just tell a little bit about yourself okay um, I always like to lead from, I'm from South Carolina, so, you know, I'm a Southern girl at heart. Um, I went to Clemson University, go Tigers. Mm -hmm. Um, right now I'm in DC. Ugh, I guess I should probably say I'm from DC more than South Carolina. Cause I've been here, what, going on 20 something years. Oh, so wow. I am, I guess a Washingtonian, um, mm -hmm. Uh, what else about myself? I don't know. I'm just whatever, whatever you want to know. Just let ask me, and I will answer. Oh, no problem. I mean, I'm in engineering. I got um. It's it's funny that I've always wanted to be a, an environmental engineer. Um, and funny thing too, I've always wanted to be an engineer. Um, <clears throat> I can give you a funny story. Sure. My um, when I graduated from Clemson in 1995 <laughs> no 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 99 i'm not that old <laughs> 99 mm -hmm. <laughs> um the we were having like a little thing at the house and my dad was like oh come here nicole i want to show you something and so i went back in my parents room and he pulled out um like this little piece of rolled up paper <clears throat> and i was like what is this he's like open it up open it up and it was from like one of my when you were in elementary school and you had to do like, what did I want to be when I grew up? Yeah. I made up a little diploma and it had like, I was, I got a diploma from Clemson University and it was in engineering. And he's like, look, you said this all this time ago. I'm like, ah, who knew I knew what I was talking about? What? You manifest that dream. I guess. <laughs> that is a, so question for you, which mm -hmm. degrees do you have? So when I was at Clemson, they only had um, environmental engineering as a graduate degree. And so I started to go towards civil. And so at Clemson, which I liked, your first semester, you can't declare like what engineer you want to be. Oh, that's interesting. You have to visit all of the, the colleges and then you figure it out. Oh, wow. And so I went to visit civil and the only thing they showed us was concrete. Of course. 
and our I was like, oh, our bridges. yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, God, this is the worst. <laughs> and, and I just happened on a whim. I went to what, like the agricultural engineering group and the one of the guys that was talking, he's like, now it says agricultural. You don't have to do agricultural things. He's like, you know, this is like the closest you'll get to environmental right here. And he was telling me stuff he did on like a, um, his summer internship. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to go in. So I have a bachelor's and master's in agricultural engineering and we had them change the name. So it's biosystems. Oh, okay. Water. So I'm in water resources. Wow. That is awesome. It's interesting to me because I, you know, lucked up and became an environmental engineer as a result of a women in science, well, women in engineering summer program at University of Maryland. Mm I my bachelor's is chemi and I without I took five and a half years to graduate because it, it just wasn't gonna happen. Let me just say that. Uh well, is hard. <laughs> oh listen, I I don't know how people get through it in four years. I don't. <laughs> so uh I bring up the environmental part of it because I think I wanted to be a wastewater engineer as well, or a mm-hmm. wastewater engineer, I should say. Mm-hmm. And by that time, I was just like, well, okay, I'm already too far into it, so I don't know. And Lord knows, I do nothing with wastewater right now. Mm-hmm. However, the degree is a degree, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, said, you said that you were interested, even as a child. Did you have a role model growing up, you know, growing up that was an engineer? Um, no, my dad, um, so I'm originally, I am originally grew up in the Northern Virginia area. So maybe like around when I was in the third or fourth grade, we moved to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad worked at the Pentagon and then JBAB, I think before, mm-hmm. but he worked at the Pentagon and I think he was like an engineering tech and he always was around engineers and he would always talk about like, this is what engineers do. Uh, you're going to, you should be an engineer because I always used to take things apart. Like I took apart like the toaster or telephone oh. in the house. So they're like, you just, you just have that mind. You're going to, you should do that. Mm-hmm. And I just always thought, okay, I'll be an engineer. That, After that was, well, you know, I had a, I had a detour a little bit in there, but. Oh, what's a detour? So <laughs> when I went to Clemson, when I applied, I applied to be a teacher to go to the education department. And then that summer, when we went to do the tour, I was like, mm, I want to go to engineering. And I changed my major before we even started. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Do you look back sometimes and you're just like, man, I probably should have done the teacher thing? Or do you feel like, you know what? No, I'm definitely where I'm supposed to be. No, I think I'm definitely where I'm supposed to be. Like, I enjoy, you know, helping people learn things. Mm-hmm. But I did teacher cadets in high school and that was not a fun experience. Okay. So I was like, Mm-mm, that's not no. your ministry. Understood. No, not, not at all. Understood. <laughs> People that do it and they enjoy it. Good for them. But I just, I always say there are certain occupations that take a special person and teaching mm-hmm. is one of those professions. Shout out to the educators because yes. we can't do it without you. No. Um, and your patience and your um, dedication is, so much appreciated, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't even know if I would have made it a full year as a teacher. I understand that. You are at Clemson undergrad. What was that experience like? Was there a lot of diversity? Um, Did you find yourself being one of? In my department, for the most part, I was the one of. 
Mm-hmm. And I think um, there was another girl, I think she transferred and we, there was another black girl like towards the end. But for the most part, I was like really the one of the only ones in my group. But there were, you know, most of the black kids that went to Clemson were either in like civil or electrical and computer. And they had this group called, we called it peer. And um, it was just basically for like a lot of the minority kids in Mm -hmm. engineering, you know, to get together. You could do study halls for people. There were people there that come to help you with homework. Um, We had like old tests so you could practice old tests. Uh, So I think that that really helped (laughs) with my uh, experience there and making sure I stayed on the path. But uh, it was basically, yeah, I was really just one of only in all of my classes. So well understood. That's great. I, I think most of my most of my professors like 8 a.m. courses. So everything I had was at 8 a.m. Man, I, know. <laughs> I now that I'm older, I always think I probably would have preferred to do early classes. I had an 8 a.m. PCHEM, physical chemistry class. And oh. I, needless to say, I just needed to hurry up. I, I think I got a D in that class. I was just like, look, <laughs> can I get this credit? Can I, is this going to be okay? Uh, let's, can I get out of here? Um, yeah, you're not ready to learn at 8 a.m. No. However, I think had I been more disciplined, it probably would be good because when you think about the day that and how things flow, especially going to a big university, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. 8 a.m., get in, 8 a.m., get out and have the rest of your day to just, you know, flow, just enjoy, study so that mm-hmm. when the evening time came, then you could exactly, mm-hmm. right? But at you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, you're not thinking anything about no. that. You're trying to no. stay up late, get in, get later classes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 8 a.m.s are clutch. So did you go uh, directly from undergrad to grad? I did. And I got, a, I applied for this thing and I wasn't really sure I would get it. It was, I don't, I don't know what this, what the acronym stands for, but GEM. And basically what it was, I paid for three semesters of school, maybe two, two semesters, and then you got an internship in between the summers. And so that was, that was probably like the best experience. Like I didn't have to pay for my graduate degree. Um, my, uh, <clears throat> my internship, because there weren't a lot of environmental, um, I ended up going to Stanford. They're, they have a linear, linear accelerator center. So, which is basically like, it takes the atoms and speeds them up and clashes mm-hmm. them together and then they take the energy um and they had an environmental group and I just went there and that was the first time I met another black environmental engineer because she had the summer she had the exact same internship so she was there my second summer do you remember what university she attended she went to John Georgia Tech we still we're still friends actually now oh that's so neat that we're is still so friends, neat so yeah that she went to Georgia good. Tech and then un, and graduate school was at Johns Hopkins. Hmm. Okay, girl. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> okay. very smart. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I wondered about the transition from undergrad to grad. Was the reason you went straight to grad school because you, I mean, it made sense or it was just kind of like get another degree just because just to continue through? Um, yeah, I guess just to go ahead and get it over with. 
Um, but now when I think about it, um, like I just stayed in the same path, like I stayed doing water. But if I think about it now, like I would probably go to wait a few, wait a couple of years and see what's out there. Because at that point, you know, they, you only really know a wastewater engineer, which is what I started out as. You do water, you can maybe do air. And then there's so many other things that you do in environmental that you could cover that you don't know about. Right. And I wish, you know, if you kind of stayed, you know, worked a year or two, so you could find out all these things that people do mm-hmm. that I like, oh, I could get a degree, but doing it specifically in what I really like. That makes perfect sense. And a lot of the folks that I've spoken to on the podcast have talked about the importance of doing internships and co-ops and things like that while you're in in undergrad to be able to really know. However, I think you don't know until you actually get into a working environment and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't realize all this stuff was afforded to me in terms of just opportunities and things like that. So Mm -hmm. that is really good. And you're right, environmental is such a major program area that many people don't know all they think about is tree huggers right Mm -hmm. oh y'all you know tree huggers Mm -hmm. and um we can definitely talk more about what it means to look like a you know environmental engineer in dod because that is very different um and it's very important Mm -hmm. you know it really Mm -hmm. is important Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so you graduate with your master's and then you automatically go for a job in private industry if i'm not mistaken right Correct. Correct. I did. Um, actually, I was at a consultant for a few years and we st- first I started doing like wastewater design. So we were, you know, like I worked for a firm that we were updating the water treatment here up in Baltimore, um, which is OK, but it's just basically you're just sitting there doing calculations in Excel, maybe doing GIS. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> It's not a lot of fun. And then um, I ended up at another consulting firm, SAIC, and I started getting a little bit into has waste. And then I really got into what um, EMS, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not emergency management systems, environmental (laughs) management systems, Mm -hmm. which I um, really enjoyed. And I think when I was in college, I mean, they mentioned the mentioned what EMS is because I think a lot of European places were using it. Right. But they weren't. They really didn't talk about it too much mm-hmm. and what it all entails, and uh, you know, just playing around in it. And it's, I really enjoy doing EMS. That that is interesting because either you love EMS or you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> either you like. Either, there's no in between either you are an ISO 14,001 person oh, or you're or not, you not. Mm-hmm. and I, I find that fascinating that you really enjoy it and, and I really think that is one of those programs where if you know it you mm-hmm. can make your way in it within government and within industry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and so <clears throat> Even from the, and then from, you know, SAIC, I went to Coke and that one was just involved everything of environmental. So I really got to see everything. And, you know, Coke had their own version of a management system and just seeing how uh, like the centers and all of the, the, the production facilities 
would take their time and implement these things and how, how it, you know, doing it step by step. And it's just like, it's very useful if you do it right and you actually think about things and not just kind of throw paperwork at it. Um, it actually can help. And it's, yeah. How did that, you find that, out about the opportunity at Coke? That was just, I was looking on indeed.com and um, I saw it on there. <clears throat> and it was actually so you I worked for Atlanta but they had it spread up through regions and so our region included like Maryland oh, we had like a from Maryland up mm. and then it went all the way over to probably like Michigan um and you know every time they rearranged sometimes we get down but yeah mm -hmm. for the most part we had like the northeast mm -hmm. and part of the midwest but yeah that sounds like a really fun opportunity. Um, it is. I still talk to my um, old boss now, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work because we traveled pretty much every week. Um, a lot of travel, but I guess if you're with someone that's fun and you guys get along, it wasn't that bad. That's, that makes a difference. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you work for Coke and then what was your next transition? After Coke was right to the government. And I think I was at Coke for about five years. So it was just five years of traveling. Um, it was just a lot. I, I, I wanted something a little more um, stable. Okay. And then I didn't have to work like 60, 80 hours mm -hmm. a week. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, I, and, and in truth be told, I've always told people, that one of these days I'm gonna be the EPA director. So Claim I guess it. It, just, it was just natural that, you know, let me, let me just move into the government and see if I can, uh, if I enjoy it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been fun because I've gotten to do a couple of much, some things that, you know, you wouldn't be able to do in the private sector. So that's right. And so you worked for, NAFAC, Naval Facilities Engineering mm -hmm. Systems Command. Mm -hmm. uh, that was your first job in the government. Mm -hmm. And I think I was at NAFAC for about 10 years. So I started at um, Joint Base Anacostia <clears throat> doing water and EMS, um, maybe for about a year. And then mm -hmm. I moved to the region and I did the EMS for the region. So that included like doing their audits, setting right. up their audits, mm -hmm. making sure EMS was implemented. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. So it, so your last job was EMS at the region level. Mm -hmm. Interesting, mm -hmm. very interesting. And then you decided to apply for another job. Yes, and I you... went back to compliance and I am <laughs> at the Marine Corps now, at the Pentagon, doing... Um, and air quality compliant, compliance policy um, training. So training for all the Marine Corps locations and then sustainability a little bit. Like that's a big thing now, very big. Very big thing, climate change, sustainability, all those buzzwords, all these new executive orders coming down yes. or implement to exact. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> but I want the listeners to hear something. Mm -hmm. Marine Corps at the Pentagon. That's pretty, that's not something small that you are up at that level working at headquarters. 
Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. How is that? Um, it's not that it's not it's I enjoy it because I think um the Marine Corps is just like a like a little sister in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So it's a big headquarters at the Pentagon, but it's still small. <clears throat> so our group is pretty small, but um, we're really tight. I like I like the people that I work with. Um, I like the installations. They're, they're really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, was yeah. the transition from EMS to air quality something that was easy? How was that for you? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was, uh, <clears throat> because when I did EMS, I kind of made sure I knew all of the regulations. Um, so including air. I also did a lot of, um, audits while I was with the Navy. Um, not just for the installations. I did some for BUMED, which is the medical group. Mm-hmm. So, um, I still kind of was in the compliance world. So it mm-hmm. wasn't, that big of a stretch so it sounds like you made so made certain that you are well rounded in Mm -hmm. the environmental arena and not just necessarily pigeonholed into one media area which i think is very important for listeners to understand when you go into your specific type of job and i know every every job has to be different but i imagine that there's various specialties within that job Mm -hmm. area and it really is important to become well-versed in enough more, you know, more than one. Now there's advantages to becoming a SME Mm because you, you know, you kind of get there, you know that and yeah, exactly. And also you get paid, especially Mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you're in the government, you become a SME and then you go private industry or even private industry, Mm -hmm. you become your own um, consultant and people can hire you because Mm -hmm. you know your stuff in Mm -hmm. that field. There's also the advantage of becoming someone who just knows a, a lot, a, a little bit about a lot, right? Enough about a lot to be dangerous, essentially. Yeah. And I definitely believe that the environmental field allows for that um, mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. I don't like, I did not like to be, um, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into like one area. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think being, when we started, do, when I started doing wastewater, or the water design and that was kind of like you felt it going in that direction yeah and it's just like I don't think I can do this every day for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life I need Mm -hmm. to do I just want something different every day absolutely and I try to explain to people they're like what do you do (laughs) as an environmental engineer for the government because we we do no calculations we I you know at this point it's policy you know it's policy (laughs) it's compliance Uh and I try to tell people especially when I was working at the installation level the best way to, for me to explain what I do is I keep the 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 captain of the base out of trouble with environmental regulators. That's right. it. I'm going to keep you right. out of jail. Exactly. Keep you out of jail. Try to keep you from paying fines. And that's exactly what we do. Exactly yeah. what we do. Mm-hmm. And the higher you go and the different levels you go and who you work for within DOD, it just depends on who you're, who you're saving, <laughs> who you're yes. defending and things like exactly. that. Exactly. And I used to tell people when we do our audits, Cause they would be like, Oh, I don't want you to write any findings. I was like, you got to look at me as your first defense before the EPA comes. Listen. So you want me to find every single thing I can find because if the EPA comes after us and they find something, right. You got to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it for us. You just got to fix it. That's so a good way to think about it. it. 
That's a good way to think about it. So don't fight me. Let me find it. Exactly. <laughs> <in> trouble. <laughs> right. And so our jobs are very interesting. Every day is different. A lot of people um, having to interact with so many different people from various entities and uh, commands and things like that. One thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that you have your professional engineer's license. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to go there um, and have this conversation. <laughs> My experience, and I'll talk about it after you talk about yours, is okay. very different in terms of why I even decided to get my PE in the first place. Okay. Is that something that you were already looking towards as a result of your undergrad experience or grad experience, or is it something that came about? Um, I guess it was I've always wanted to have it because when at Clemson, I mean, that's all they pushed. And I, did, I didn't realize this at the time, but you know the, the group that makes the test? Mm -hmm. is in Clemson <laughs> so oh. you know, they pushed the test on all of us you know before we graduate you had to take the um FE um whether you passed or not but everybody had to take it um and I just, just all I knew was like okay well I guess I need to be I want to be a professional engineer I guess I'm you know they were like you're not really an engineer if you don't have the PE mm -hmm. so like well I, I want to say I'm a real engineer I gotta have this thing mm -hmm. um and so um, you know, you wait the three, four years, get all the paperwork done. And then you, I study like ugh, everybody else with that big green book. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Lindenberg. <laughs> yep. And mm -hmm. all of the material. And it's just like, oh gosh, I, did I ever learn this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you testing me on this? And, um, so, and for the FE, you know, they don't have the, an environmental FE, or they didn't have one at the time when I took it. Okay. I had to take the general. So basically I had to know everybody's yeah. stuff. Yeah. And they never even had like the specialized, like in the afternoon, you can take a water or it was just general the whole way through. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, maybe this, I, you know, I passed that one. Let me, with luck and a prayer, maybe that'll be the same way. So, you know, you, you practice, you practice the test, do this, everything. And, um, I took it and I didn't pass. I like, I think I missed it by like a couple of questions. And if I probably had taken it like right after that, I might've been good. Um, so I got nervous and I just studied more and it just pushed the test out longer. And I took it a second time and didn't pass. Um, and then I found this guy that actually used to help write the test and he was a tutor mm -hmm. so I found him and he helped me on the third go round, and I had to meet with him every week for like six months oh but we went through like every possible scenario of a type of question you could have and I mean luckily I passed and he was like oh I called and asked about your test he's like you actually you know you had one of the highest scores I was like finally oh that's fancy <laughs> but um yeah no it was um it was a nerve wracking experience and not just for me, it was even like my family, my parents, my sister knew they want to call me. I can't, I'm studying. So it's, you know, it affects everybody. <laughs> that you, when you decide to take the PE and for, for the listeners, the PE is a professional engineering engineer's license. And the FE is the fundamentals of engineering. Uh, also used to be called um, EIT engineering training when you decide that you're going to go that path yes, to take the PE, you need to know that you are going to shut everything down for at least 
at least minimum four months me mm -hmm. six mm -hmm. right because they they offer it in the fall they offer it in the spring and yeah. i think now it's on the computer i can't even anytime imagine anytime you want i don't i there's no way i could i don't know how i i i'm an engineer true true to it in that i need to write everything down and everything like that my story is i at maryland being a chemi major they didn't really talk about the EIT that much. I don't recall that. I don't recall that. That's why I think it is very intriguing that everybody at Clemson has to take it. Is mm -hmm. that, was that only for the civils? I mean, not, not the civils, but the agriculture or like everybody across the board. I, mean, I don't know who was like, they made you have to take it, but they really pushed that you take it. And they had, um, they had training, like we do like a, seminars like to go through like this is like the fe this you can if you pass the test you're good if you don't pass it um they they did a lot of work to make sure people you know that's good were, took it and was on the path that's to really being good. um and then when you think about it if you take it like right when you graduate or right around when you graduate some of the stuff from the test is stuff that you're actually learning in class right so it's a little bit easier i mean not much easier listen but, so this is, so my story. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm saying this because what you're saying about it being easier, but not really that much easier. I graduated in 2004 undergrad. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think I sat for my first FE exam in 2006, maybe. Okay. So to in those two years i forgot everything yeah it was just i'm not doing this like you're not thinking just, about learning you're not stuff think, you're not thinking about that mm -mm. and i decided to just on a whim i'm just gonna apply and take it because at that time i was working for a consulting firm an all black firm actually oh. and i was like oh this is a thing i need to get this fe or eit or whatever so let me just try to study now here i am ordering the book off the website and just by myself and actually my me and two of my other co-workers uh we just decided we were going to just try to study by ourselves okay <laughs> fail fail failed out the gate right failed did not pass that first time of studying for that exam then hmm I'd say, man, when did I get my FE officially? It was years after that, uh -huh. years after that. And the only reason why is because a good friend of mine, one of my same coworkers who became a good friend, Kim Washington, she decided, Crystal, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it, let's study together. That within itself, now mind you, we are far removed from undergrad, trying mm -hmm. to remember these mm -hmm. basic, you just basic stuff, you know, like sequence and series and what, what is, I don't know this math stuff anymore. We don't do any of this stuff and decided to study with her. And that was dedication. I mean, like every weekend studying for like just the FE. I didn't even talk about mine. We talk about the, the PE now, Uh huh. just the FE and finally passed it. Okay. Cause I think it was the last year that they were offering the FE by oh. pencil, by pen and paper, uh, pencil mm -hmm. and paper. And I was like, oh, I'm, I have to do this because there's, I'm who's going to be doing this on a computer? Not me, not Crystal. Right. right. Ended up getting it. And 
Then I decided, okay, I'm gonna take a break. I don't know if I'm really gonna go for my PE right now. I had a meeting with um, someone and they essentially said, you, it would be best for you to get your PE because no matter where you land in the government, this is gonna become a requirement as you move up. Mm -hmm. Didn't think about it at the time. And um, Tim Bridges, Mr. Tim Bridges, who's now at SES, I think for the Navy at the time he was at SES for the Air Force. And he said, it's better for you to have it and not need it than to need it than not have it. True. And right. I was just like, okay. And when I tell you that, that study time, oh, like you, what you said about your family, <laughs> everybody's going through it with you. You shut down everything. <laughs> And for me, I studied, I did school of PE. Okay. And that's how I ended up studying through that because they allow you to kind of focus on here. Here is a question that likely will be on here because it's on here all the time. Mm -hmm. And I did environmental. So I'm like you, I did the FE general and decided to do environmental. And I don't know any of that. I don't do wastewater calculations. I don't do air concentration, downgrade mm -hmm. impact. I don't do any of that. It's like I had to teach myself while oh. I was studying for my PE, right? Oh gosh. Humbling. Very, it is very humbling. Um, and sometimes even when you think like, okay, I, I know this, I should be able to answer these questions. And then the answers are never, wasn't right. You're just like, oh God, <laughs> what, what am I doing wrong? Right, right. You're like, do I even have the units right? Which, wait, which units are these? Okay, <laughs> you have to like convert over, um, but you know, we both were able to get it. And for me, I was blessed to get it. And I was telling you earlier on my first try and it's funny, I, like I said, I prayed over. <laughs> and for, for, listen, for the listeners, I need you to understand both of these exams are eight hour exams, mm -hmm. eight mm -hmm. hours. And you just are exhausted. And, and literally you have to train yourself to take, just take the test itself. For eight hours. Mm -hmm. And okay, yep. I got a snack. Let me see, you know, okay. I, Cause you can bring snacks in, um, you know, and it's an open book exam and all engineers know open book exams are the worst exams when it comes exactly. to the, you know, everywhere. It's a joke. It's a joke. And you have all these books and you're just kind of like trying to get this together. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are fortunate in that we both have our PEs uh, from the state of Maryland, the good state of Maryland um, and um, in environmental, right? Both of us have mm -hmm. it in environmental. What would be the, I think, biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody who is choosing to pursue and get their PE license? Um, for me, like how you started with the school of PE, I would go with like a program. Or if you have, if you can find a tutor, like a PE tutor, um, use them first. Because most of the times they have like guarantees, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't pass, you know, you can take a session twice um, the second time for free. But they actually, you know, help you take, they help you study the tests, not study the material. Um, so, you know, when you see a specific question, how it, oh, when I, when I see a question like this, I know I'm supposed to do A, B, C, D. Um, and it, I think that was probably like the first thing I, if I had known to use them at first, then I would have, and I maybe would have passed the first time. I think, um, for me, I think having someone walk you through things, cause then if you don't understand, you know, someone's there to kind of be like, okay, this is where you made the mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to make sure you 
make this conversion or do X, Y, and Z. Um, just studying on your own. And then if you mess up, like how to, trying to figure it out, was just, that just took too long. And I know a lot of people can, I know a lot of people that took it on their own and studied on their own and passed, but I think to cut on a little bit of the heartache, maybe use a, <laughs> use like a program or uh, uh, like a tutor right. to help that will cut down on a lot of the heartache. Great advice. <laughs> heartache. <laughs> it is a heartache because it's so disappointing when uh, you think, like when you took those little practice tests and you're like, I think I got, you know, I'll be, I'll be fine. And maybe if, if I get at least half of these questions right, I'll be good. I was and you just get thinking like 30% that. And you're like, oh my God. What have I been doing for the last three months? I was just thinking that. I was just thinking like, he was like, let me just get 50% Lord. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like just give me the bare minimum, please. Right. Because you know that they're going to grade on a, on a, on a curve anyway. Exactly. When right. <laughs> the average, they're going to average it out once they do everything. I mean, let me tell uh -huh. you, that's how I got through undergrad is on the curve. Okay. <laughs> and that's so sad, but Hey, it is what it is. That's how I made it through. What is it? Uh, dynamics girl that's a we can just have a whole podcast talking <laughs> about statics and dynamics and physics oh. and all that kind of good stuff and how we oh. made it through mm -hmm. definitely <laughs> so as far as your career mm -hmm. are you and lord knows i'm not trying to get you in trouble with the marines but are you looking to expand eventually into maybe another program area or a different agency? Or do you feel like, you know, the Marines are a good look? Because I have heard they are really good to work for. Um, I enjoy really working for the Marines. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm on the podcast or just us talking. Um, I've always wanted to work for the EPA. So um, if I, when I leave the Marines, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if and when mm -hmm. it would only be to go, you know, to work for the EPA, cause I, it's been a dream. I want to do it. And I know they have a, um, they have a whole audit group so mm -hmm. that would, they do. Uh, just to walk in locations and do audits. Um, they do. Fun fact. I wanted to do audit auditing also at one point. Um, I actually want to do enforcement. That's kind of where uh -huh. I was trying to go. I actually applied to become an FBI agent at one point because they oh. have an environmental crimes unit. And oh, yes, yeah, hey, hey now, but you're that actually like, but you're actually like an agent. And so I think at the time I didn't meet the qualifications or something like that. Um, definitely won't and, yeah, yeah. You just busting down doors and, and telling people where to, you know, figure out where the hazardous waste is and stuff like right. that. So I don't, I don't need all of that. Yes, yeah, oh, I, I understand your your affinity towards more of like the auditing and enforcement and oversight and things like that. So I definitely wish you much luck in that endeavor um, because yeah, it makes sense. Now, did you do any auditing when you were with NAFAC? No, no. So my job at NAFAC was the IEPD. I was the installation environmental program director for Commander Fleet Activities Yokosuka. Oh, yeah. Fine. And I was the one getting audited. <laughs> mm -hmm. ah, yeah. yeah okay those very are interesting cool. very i know yeah. we, we could talk about that we could definitely talk about those experiences absolutely <laughs> so as we get towards our close uh i have a question for you and i asked this okay. of all my guests mm -hmm. is there a resource that you feel that you would want to share with our listeners uh that has helped you throughout your journey 
within STEM um, mm-hmm. because I imagine, like you said, you're one of and the diversity and the talent pool. And we're really just trying to make certain that people are aware of what's out there and those type of um, things that could help them along the way. Is there something that you would like to share? Uh, yeah, I, but I don't know if it's an actual resource. Um, my thing is, I know you mentioned like someone mentioned like always having like a like internships and stuff like that. But my thing is really like once you start working, it's never too early to start networking. Um, and it's not always that you know it's not who you know or what you know, it's who you know, Mm -hmm. not in that case, but more so you can learn like all the different things that are in environmental as well as um, sometimes you can hear about jobs from people before they even go on the, um, they go out in the system. And as long as you know, it's either it's coming or you can apply before it even goes out. So um, I think networking and, you know, having like a a nice group of, people that you're close to uh, always works. And I also think too, um, since there's not many black women in environmental, mm-hmm. it's when you see them, I always try to, you know, try to find one and be like, oh, you know what? Let's be friends because there's not many of us. It's, I think it's always, always try to be, you know, make your circle. That's really good. Big because you don't know what, what I know might be something that someone else doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And it always, you know, it's always good to share information. That's really valuable. But as for like an actual resource that you can- like That's a resource. Okay. <laughs> That's like, a resource. Know. Yeah, it's a resource. It's something, networking is important for the engineer who might be a little bit on, more on the timid side mm-hmm. and not necessarily somebody who's going to put themselves out there. Because mm-hmm. you know, engineers be engineering. We 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 not we not always extroverts. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely not an extrovert. <laughs> exactly. So, how did you make your network big? What what are, what are some tips that you can provide somebody? I think it all it helped me. One, my sister. She is, she's like a extroverted introvert. She she likes people, but she doesn't like people, (laughs) but she, (laughs) she is, she's, um, very, um, I don't know, people always gravitate to her, and she's just very open, and people always want to talk to her, and she always told me, um, like, you get nervous when you go into a room, and she's like, there's, she's like, I walk into a room knowing that I'm supposed to be there, and knowing that everybody's going to like me. I mean, not knowing, just assuming, like, why wouldn't they like me? Mm. And I have to think that in my mind. Like, she's like, don't go into a room thinking people might not like you. Why do you care? Just walk in thinking everybody will. And, um, you know, when you go to talk to people, if, you know, they're not interested, you know, just move on. It's just, she's like, it's, she's like, it's not that big of a deal. So I have to, I keep things that she says in my mind where it's like, okay, don't think of people don't like me. Just think of everybody's going to like me. And it usually turns out fine. Because most of the time you're walking into a room with other engineers and they're all thinking the same thing. <laughs> and they're just probably happy. You know, people are coming and talking to, you know, they all want to talk about the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just trying to don't don't get in your way and don't get in your head. Great advice. Great advice. 
Well, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. You. The time flies by, right? When she starts talking. Yeah, I was like, oh gosh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> no <laughs> need to talk be for about an hour. <laughs> no need to be nervous. You did a great job. Thank you so much. I'm certain our listeners would love to connect with you. And like I said, you and I connected on LinkedIn. So how can they find you? Uh, They can find me on, I mean, LinkedIn. You can email me. Um, I would say IG, but I don't know my handle on IG either. (laughs) Actually, I don't even know my my thing on LinkedIn, but. Oh, no um, worries. It's your name, (laughs) Nicole Johnson, PE. And I'm going to make certain that. In the description, it is clear, and that's Nicole, like you think it's spelled, and Johnson, like you think it's spelled, P-E, and you can find her, definitely. You, and my there. email address is um, nrjohns99 at gmail, so you can email me, um, even if you just have questions about either working in private industry, the government, um, the many faceted things in the environmental world that I've done. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm happy to talk to people about it. So I enjoy it and I like sharing it with other people. Plus my sister would be happy that I can talk to other people and not her about things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure your sister's going to be proud when she hears this episode of the podcast. So again, thank you so much for your time. And I hope that you enjoy your day and listeners. I hope that you enjoy listening to Miss Johnson. Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting stemsync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging StemSync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the link up and sync up, prototypes. Until next time.